you all. Welcome to the second episode of the Pragyan Podcast. I'm Nandini and I'll be your host for this episode. Today, we have something very interesting in store for you. Something that is an outlet for most of us and a profession for a few of us. That is art. Art as in paintings and graphics, not dance and music. Today, I have two brilliant artists with me, Renga and Isha. And they'll be walking you through art and how it has evolved over the years along with the impact that technology has had on it. Over to you guys. Uh, hey guys, um, uh, my name is Renga. Thank you for the wonderful introduction, Nandini. Um, yes, you are right. We know a few things about art, but uh, we're not really artists. Um, Isha and I are uh, engineering students. Uh, we study in NIT Trichy, and art is kind of like a, it's like a venting platform, if, if anything else. Yeah, I think it's more of like a hobby on the side and we do it only when we feel so frustrated with our engineering studies and all. Oh, yeah. So it's not like we are professional artists as of now, but we do do it uh, very often though. Yeah, Isha and I have sessions and stuff in the cafe where we sit and uh, uh, exchange ideas and draw. And that's where uh, we made the logo, in fact. The logo you're looking at right now was made in the Cafe Coffee Day branch in NIT Trichy. Uh, if you can tell, <laughs> we drew uh, a sandwich and a coffee cup. Yeah, so we basically went to the cafe and then we were like, you know what, we're just going to draw inspiration from the things that are there in the cafe and then we'll draw it out. And it turned out pretty cool, I guess. We Both of us used different softwares for it, but I think we combined it properly and it turned out pretty decent and good looking. Yeah, so um, I use a Wacom Intuos. I draw on my laptop. Uh, this is the type of tablet that doesn't have a screen, so uh, the most important thing to learn over here is the eye-hand coordination because I'm not looking at what I'm drawing. I'm looking at a screen while my hand does the drawing on the tablet. And Isha, on the other hand, uses an iPad and she uses the software Procreate, um, so she knows what she's looking at. <laughs> yeah, it's much more easier, you know, like, uh, I noticed that I was bad at the coordination that is required for you to draw on a tablet and view what is happening on the screen. So I found it much more easier if I could see where my pen tip was and draw right over there, you know. It's it's much more convenient to draw on a tablet where you can see what you're actually drawing. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's an easy jump forward from traditional. That's where everyone starts, right? Like as children, we don't really have um this uh, idea of art. We just take whatever tools we have and, you know, scribble on walls or whatever. Um now that we're on the topic of mediums, um do you guys think that the medium you use has an effect on the art form as such? I think medium does play a part because if you're spending more time doing some painting, it will definitely be much more valuable than a piece that you spend less time on. So in case of traditional art, I think all of us agree with the fact that the time spent doing oil paintings is something ranging from days to months, right? So if you are doing much more effort and you're spending much more time on it, the value of the art piece will, you know, automatically go up. Oh, uh, that is true. Um, the thing about medium is uh, digital art is something that's exploding like in a monumental rate right now. Uh, it's made it as accessible for everyone. So anyone can just purchase a tablet or an iPad or something and get into art without actually having to uh, go through the entire uh, process of learning traditional art in the first place. Many of us start off as traditional, but um, it's much easier to start off as a digital artist nowadays because um, for us, it's it's just like, hey, I have all the tools available for me on the software, and now I'm just going to put it down on paper. So, uh, but you said you started off with traditional art, yeah? Say you directly bought a Wacom, would you have still been as comfortable with it if you hadn't, like, had a base in traditional art? 
Well, um, I, I feel like that's a, that's a subjective question. Um, everyone has their own uh, tendencies towards art. I guess uh, for me, my, uh, my style of art is extremely flexible. So I adapt according to the, the medium I'm using. Okay. For example, uh, last winter I actually did an oil painting. And the thing about oil paints is that they take a huge amount of time to dry. So when you put down uh, a layer of paint, you have to actually wait for it to dry before you apply another layer. Otherwise, your colors will get mixed. So um, when you're dealing with mediums, each medium has its own skill level. Okay. Yeah, so um, for, for digital media, it, it gets extremely easy because you have all the tools available for you. So one, one factor of the tools is already uh, a cakewalk. You have everything for you. It's in front of you. Um, skill is still something you have to develop. Um, it gets, you ha already have a base when you start off as a traditional artist. But um, when you jump straight into digital art, I guess you can learn. Okay, but it's better to start off with a base. Is that your stand or I mean? Um, my stand is you can do whatever you want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's not necessary that you start off on paper and then get to the screen. If you're comfortable enough, you can start on the screen and then eventually get to the paper. Makes sense. So yeah, the thing about uh, digital art is that since it's accessible to everyone, everyone is doing it. Yeah. Which is why I feel like the value of a digital art piece is much less, much lesser than um, that of a traditional art piece. Because in my opinion, traditional art is dying out. We have a lot of traditional artists nowadays as well. But it's not... Uh, I mean, the thing is, uh, now that social media is like... Uh, exploding everyone has a social media account if you want to browse art you do that on your phone no one goes to the museum anymore and uh, so in that in my opinion um, that uh, has increased the value of traditional art at the same time uh, because it is obviously it's the values increase because it's rare so I guess yes medium does affect the value of art uh, but I still think the skill required for doing traditional art is respected even now because uh, how people used to paint in olden days was you know they'll have their huge canvases and then they'll gather their paint brushes and then start working on it and I think it requires much more patience yeah and the time taken as I said is much more right so you cannot be like you know I have to do this one piece and I have to complete it in a day you have to give it time you have to wait for it you have to let the colors you know like come out in the paper yeah because uh, the thing about digital is that when you start an art piece you uh, tentatively expect to finish it by the end of the day yes because you're too impatient to see how it yeah, actually exactly. turns out yeah is that art like off late itself is that how modern art is panning out to be like because in my opinion modern art is so abstract like if you look at a square and a triangle can be a modern art piece that can be done in like two seconds and it doesn't need the you know the skill work i mean the skill set that is that was needed for um canvas painting say see i don't view modern art as squares or circles you know maybe it's not what it what the art is trying to say at that time i i don't think the artist meant to draw just circles and squares there was particularly some reason or emotion behind it i think and that's the reason why I think most artists usually draw because they are scared to say some things or express themselves because they're scared that they'll probably face some, you know, opposition of any kind. Yeah, if they did it like in a public manner instead of through art. Right? Yeah, yeah, so I think they're much more comfortable drawing it out and expressing themselves and that's why they choose to do it. Yeah, and it's cryptic as well. So it's like, um, the thing is, the thing about modern art, which is really interesting is that 
um whatever the artist draws doesn't have to, it, it it's not necessary that the viewer has to take uh, the message that the artist is trying to portray it's uh it's completely subjective a viewer can have a completely uh, oppos- opposing idea as to what the artist wanted to um convey and i think that's the beauty of it right because you know if you just put it out very straight over there it gets confusing you know like i'm drawing this and it's very clear so i don't think there's anything mysterious about it then everything is very clear and you know you'll draw inferences which are very outrightly over there right so if you i think modern art is more like when you're doing something you are giving hints to the viewer and it's upon them how they actually want to take it um there's this uh so okay we want to address this really important piece of modern art all right and we're talking about this piece called the comedian i don't know how many of you know this um but the moment we start describing it everyone's uh, every one of you is going to be like oh yeah that one okay so the one i'm talking about is the banana stuck to the wall with duct tape i'm pretty sure you guys might have seen it on instagram you know because it was everywhere it was literally everywhere most of them were so surprised as to how it got to be there in a museum and how people actually bought that stuff you know yeah it, it, the price okay so let's discuss the price <laughs> <laughs> the, the painting cost uh, not the painting my bad the art piece cost uh, $120,000 all right that's the price uh, given to that piece of art a banana stuck to a wall okay i repeat it's a banana stuck to a wall okay <laughs> we're getting a fact straight here so the thing about this uh, piece of art is again this solidifies the fact that uh the beauty uh is in the eye of the beholder um we don't know what the artist was uh thinking when he made this piece but it's always fun to improvise or to uh try and f- uh find a solution as to what he was thinking you feel me uh i get you but i still don't understand how it is it's beyond me how this piece of art <laughs> it's been sold for 120000 it's blasphemous in my opinion but mm, hey <laughs> yeah i mean that is that is true that is true 120000 dollars for this is insane see i think art doesn't have to be very solid you know it can change from person to person so if i draw something it could mean something else to somebody else it doesn't have to follow a specific format or it doesn't have to say a particular thing honestly yeah that is the most important thing about modern art um if you go to Okay so there are a ton of paintings uh, that I've seen that are just a bunch of squiggly lines. Okay. Um to me they may not mean anything but to the artist it could mean something like frustration or anger or maybe he wanted to uh, show off the emotions that uh he felt while making the painting. Right. So for example if you're angry and you want to throw paints at something um the artist did that and that's on the canvas. So it's a portrayal of emotion. Right okay. Yeah so you could either see it that way or you could just be like hey it's a banana stuck to a wall <laughs> the, the interesting thing about that is that <laughs> someone actually um another artist uh i don't have his name here but he actually went up to the he okay he had an elaborate plan all right let's just say that he brought a lawyer and he went up to the banana uh, plucked it off off the wall and he ate it and he called it a performance you know <laughs> yeah he called it a performance of art where he ate a concept um he was prepared obviously he had a lawyer with him just in case he gets sued <laughs> cuz the art piece did cost 120000 dollars <laughs> and he did eventually you know say that 
I think that's what the artist actually wanted me to do, you know, like, I think the artist was trying to communicate with me and he wanted me to eat the banana and I did it. So the artist put his art out there and I did my performance. Yeah. And like, it's, it's extremely weird because like, um, <laughs> I don't know what's going on in these people's minds. But then again, uh, that's basically what art is. Okay. So um, it is common understanding that creative forte is one of the only places where I mean, you don't have to worry about unemployment if you're a creative professional. I mean, that, that that's what I thought at least. But now that AI is stepping here as well, like, what do you think could be the ramifications of that? Well, I think uh, people might have this belief that they're going to be unemployed artists now since robots are going to produce much better and much more complex forms of art. But, uh, you know, uh, what we are not paying attention to over here is that... Uh, there is always a target audience for a masterpiece, right? Correct. So not every sen- uh, not every masterpiece or every artwork has to resonate with every single person over there. Okay. Right? Uh, you might find Mona Lisa as normal. I might <laughs> find it to be spectacular, right? So uh, basically what artists do is that they tend to, you know, cut down and uh, target that uh, targeted audience, right? So, like, they do not have to be scared of their unemployment because I don't think technology will ever go to such extent where it will compete, compete with, with the human mind. Okay. And, like, you know, and as Renga mentioned that, I don't think robots can feel emotions. Yeah. And I emotions mean, are really important to draw something. True, right? true, true. Because art is, again, a form of expression. Um, it's not something that people how do i put it it's not it's not a business per se because uh, the industry does exist okay. uh, an industry for art does exist but mostly it's not like something you can just step into you don't step into the business because uh, you don't uh, it's it's like suppose you know that it's a business yeah. let's suppose that it is a business mm-hmm. um, usually if you know of a business you would learn about the business and step into it right right um, it's not like that with art because you need a certain passion to actually go into the business okay. uh, in the first place. And so then there are many artists who do not actually sell their pieces, you know. Yeah, just exactly. doing it for themselves. Yeah. 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 So, th- I, in my opinion, that's the most powerful form of art. Uh, and that can never be replaced. Exactly, yeah. You can't replace that. Alright, so what do the two of you have in store for your consumers? Okay. For my consumers, which is uh, um, people on Instagram that look at my art. I don't know. Uh being i guess i just want to experiment uh, different styles okay because i haven't solidified on one right because uh, i get influenced by things extremely easily i consume a lot of art media uh i read a lot of manga and comics okay watch a lot of anime and cartoons mm. so for me every time i watch something i'll uh, i'll have the mood to draw something or create something that is reminiscent of that piece or that work okay so, um, in that sense, since I'm always consuming media, because I have a Netflix account, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I'm always trying out new styles. And I, I'm kind of jealous of people who have a specific style on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, I think that takes a lot of effort to actually own one. Exactly, yeah. it's I don't know how they come up with it. Because like if you noticed, the style does change over time. Uh, like all good artists, mm-hmm. um, style always changes. Yeah. But um, if you notice, there's always consistent uh, nuances to their art. Mm. which you you can notice you can look at the art and be like hey it, this was done by this person you know right. i haven't reached that point because um i'm still very experimental um okay. so this interesting thing that i noticed about artists is that uh, when they start off they're extremely experimental 
Okay. Once they reach a comfortable position, they become consistent with their art, and as they grow, at a certain point, once they get bored of their consistency, they'll become experimental again. So a good example of this is Picasso. Um, I yeah, we don't know what he was on when he made those paintings. So if you notice his latest paintings, the ones yes. before he passed away. Yeah. Uh, those are they are quite. How do I put it? They are pieces of art. We can just say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Works of art themselves. Not at all vague. Completely yeah. clear. Because <laughs> he has put like a lot of emotions in that. Yeah, it's like he is like you know what? I'm gonna take this paintbrush and just go wild. Yeah, so and I don't care if the audience gets it or not. I'm yeah, just gonna do it. Yeah, that's you know? exactly <laughs> what he did with the paintings. And at a point, you can see animals in there. You can see people. It's really hard to understand what he was going for. But I guess um, that's the interesting part about um, being comfortable with what you're doing. Uh, okay. You will know that people will appreciate your painting no matter what you do. Right. So, um, like, I aim to be at that point sometime in life. Uh, it's a, it's something I'm looking forward to. Cause good, good for you. Yeah. And um, I also wanted to talk about this one painting that kind of influenced me as a kid. Um, so, you know, everyone here probably knows, everyone listening to the podcast probably knows about the painting, The Scream. Um, it's not too uh, obscure. It's a pretty famous painting, but uh, I remember be- I remember this painting because it freaked me out as a kid. So freaked you out as in what? So okay, I mean I, I was a pretty nerdy kid. Uh, used to read a lot of encyclopedias and stuff. And when I saw the picture on the encyclopedia, I was like, oh crap! I'm gonna see this in my dreams at night. And I did see it in my dreams at night, <laughs> but okay. yeah, that's, but the, that's the impact that it had. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, not the impact I'm sure the artist wanted it to have. But what interested me about this is the fact that it's been stolen multiple times. Okay, must be really good then, you know. Yeah, I, I, I like the colors in there. It's like yeah. orange and blue. Exactly, very contrasting. The orange is really interesting. A lot of analysts have said, um, people who uh, you know study art and stuff. Uh, talked about how maybe he was influenced by the fact uh, by his own depression or uh, the fact that his sister was um, admitted at a mental hospital or something is why he chose such extreme colors uh, let's get back to the point the effect it had on me was uh, pretty insane i actually started seeing it in my nightmares B- and because <laughs> the image is pretty creepy it's not uh, human per se um, and it was the time where i used to read up on a lot of uh, I used to watch a lot of alien documentaries and like this kind of freaked me out as a kid. But uh, this does bring me to this, uh, the point that art has the power we give it. You know, there was this one painting by Van Gogh. Uh, it's called uh, Crows by the Wheat Fields. Okay. So if you look at it, it's just, you know, blue and yellow paint all over the canvas and then some crows that are drawn. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it, uh, somebody who doesn't have a lot of knowledge about art they probably say uh, this is just a landscape, a normal Correct. landscape, huh. right? So when you describe it, that's the image that I'm getting, like sun, yeah. blue, and crows. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but then you know the style of Van Gogh, right? He, he does. He just puts, you know, spots of paint yeah, all spots over of the. Paint everywhere. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't follow a specific uh, boundary Pattern or something. Or yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of the art critic actually considered it you know, as a sign that he wanted to tell people that he was dying and that he is about to arrive at his death soon, you know. So, but all of this was realized after he died. I mean, how did he even come to that conclusion though? Is there any, you have any idea how they... Oh, I really don't know how did they, how did they actually think that it's, you know, it's his way of saying that, yeah, yeah, he's, uh, you know, kind of dying inside. But then probably because the crows were uh, flying, you know, in the opposite direction, like towards the sun. 
right so okay. it's like yeah it's like right my time is up i'm flying away you know hmm 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 is that the people like i mean as you said that the greatness of whatever the implications of he, his paintings they were realized after he died only after he died artists for the most part then and even now they're not recognized per se like in When their life alive, yeah. yeah it's only after they pass they're like oh whoa his paintings are amazing her paintings are really yeah. good like and you know like van gogh he kind of undermined himself a lot and he had a brother his name was theo okay so theo was a painter too but then he used to work as for a living right but then uh, you know like van gogh had a really strong connection with his brother and he used to send him his paintings and uh, theo uh actually saw something very unique in his work and then he's like you know what you should probably sell these and van gogh was like nobody's going to buy this so uh, after he died really, huh? after he died theo actually put them out you know for sale and mm. that's how it you know it, it gained more recognition yeah so that's pretty cool you always need to have someone who believes in your art yeah <laughs> actually because um if you have no one to believe in your art if you yourself don't believe in your own art is it really art at that point That is a really good question Renga and with that we we'll leave you guys it was an absolute pleasure today with Renga and Nisha thank you guys for being here and we'll see you next week with another episode until then stay tuned <laughs>